0: So
1: have you actually listened to? Uh, I've listened to several, but that's my first question because I assume I'm hosting. Oh, you're hosting this one? (laughs) No. You can host Um, this one
0: because almost all of the episodes, I think there are 15, something like that.
1: Okay. I've definitely not watched 15.
0: I think most of them were recorded in, I think 10 were recorded the first day Mm, or something like that. Yes. I know that background narrative. Yeah, Yeah. So that was a year ago. <laughs> things have changed. We then we were putting them out once a week. We recorded a couple extras and that went into the fall. And then we got distracted with other stuff and we were like, okay, we we tried the podcast. Now let's mm-hmm. go do something else. So I let it go. Yeah. And so I don't remember what I said. I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember if I introduced things. I don't remember if there's like a format because it was just like, hey,
1: let's just try this. I I think I remember every episode has a very charming part where you go, "Oh, let me introduce you." And then it starts. So we'll save that for a few minutes from now. (laughs) If the conversation starts to lull, just be like, oh, by the way, I got this joke in my pocket. Sounds good. Um, So I guess confirmed that this is, in fact, a creative working title podcast.
0: It is. Episode unknown.
1: Number unknown. Uh, 18. 18 episode 18 18 I have no idea but I'm claiming that (laughs) okay so either you have to fill it in or bump somebody
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just I'll just stick it in the drawer for a couple weeks yes record a couple more Mm um but this even though there's been a a lapse in time there's been a, a a long hiatus yes uh in up between episodes this does not necessarily mean the show's coming back yes this was <laughs> it's the day before july 4th and late in the afternoon and we were both fried mm-hmm. and staring at screens for too long true and we felt like just goofing off yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. i agree yes <laughs> accurate
0: uh but what's funny is when so when we were putting these out like there were some numbers you know it's like there's listens there's shares yeah, there yeah. comments i got i got a compliment from uh rob at starbucks which was cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the? a fan yeah <laughs> um and but it felt cool because it was at, like once things are happening outside these walls where you're like wow people are listening to this mm-hmm. that's crazy mm-hmm. um in fact last week i got a message through Craig, that... <laughs> it was Rob again. <laughs> no, no, someone he works with was sad that the episode Oh, yeah, stopped it's like coming. his boss or something? Yeah. And and I that's was like, pretty cool. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even think about people listening to it. So, let alone that someone notices that they stopped showing yes. up in their iTunes. And my, in fact, this past weekend, my niece said, she, she's like, I found your
1: podcast. That's really like, something what? I've been interested in, is like, there's so much, because of what we do is very content oriented and we do all these research and we produce content in such a way but like whenever you watch uh like for example Tosh.0 which for the record I haven't watched since I was in like high school so please don't judge my personality (laughs) just on that fact but like people who go viral are always like oh yeah I posted that like six years ago and then it took off like it's so weird that like we follow a very like, oh, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And
0: yet like. Yeah, you spend this much. You target this way. You, you go to these channels at these times.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, no, I just, uh, my cousin was doing karate and <laughs> fell over. And, <laughs> and uh, so I posted that eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm on a talk show. So I wonder, it does make me curious about like. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing here, man? <laughs>
0: um, but it, yeah, regardless of viral. Good content comes from stuff that you can see people <laughs> from actually... people falling down. And hit himself in the mouth. <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> that people are actually doing something they like. Yeah, I would like, say. whatever you're doing, if you don't want to do it, if you're struggling to get it done, it mm-hmm. means you're not going to do as much of it. But mm-hmm. if you're just, like, goofing off and you just happen to have microphones in front of your face mm-hmm. and you do
1: that long enough, maybe someone will
0: like it. Yeah. Like, maybe.
1: Yeah. I do, I do think there is a sort of... There's, like, a perseverance factor of just, like, if you just create enough content long enough you'll eventually get a good amount of followers like even if it's like pretty shitty like if you just get like one follower a day that's still like you could you could rack those numbers up if you do it long enough <laughs> <One> <laughs> that's <day>. my mentality <laughs> that's what i'm being paid for uh and guys guys we
0: just have to wait a little longer <laughs> Our goal is 10,000 followers at one a day. We just got to keep going, you know? Somebody crunch those numbers, account team.
1: <laughs> um, so you brought up something that I think about a lot, which is, so YouTube is very interesting. Because I also,
0: wait, this is the most serious conversation we've ever had. (laughs) This is like, we visually, we were like, we're going to get in for the microphones and we're going to do bits. We're going to do comical bits. And now, right away, it's (laughs) like, let me tell you about the algorithm uh, that LinkedIn (laughs) is using right now. (laughs) Have you heard of Gary Vee?
1: I'm not funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Just stick to what you know, Ryan. Yeah,
1: I didn't want to come here to hear hear your bits. I wanted to hear myself (laughs) tell bits. I apologize. I hear you laughing. Yeah, I mean, well, you got that. I am I can be your Paul Rudd. But anyway, back to our serious conversation. Oh, so YouTube. You said and talked about if you create something that you enjoy enough, people catch on. Mm-hmm. I feel like more and more I'm seeing like people who were on YouTube and like have been popular for a while. Sorry, that might just dropped.
0: Like the mic's it. like, Yes, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we start doing a bit, it goes back away. Yeah, it's like, me. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because you're I think it's your your foot's hitting the cord and it pulled the microphone towards your face. <laughs> g- 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 ghosts.
1: Um <laughs> see, bits will come. Uh <laughs> not good bits all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit bits and shitty skits. I see more and more of like people who have had a following for a very long time just keep posting videos that are just like, I'm not having fun anymore, man. I quit YouTube. And I think it's, like, a really weird, I don't know, someone who, like, knows things and, like, does psychology, they should do a study on that. Because I think that's really neat that, like, there's, like, I feel like there's a very large group of people who all start around the same time who are also now feeling very, like, disenfranchised with content creation.
0: I've seen it. Grace Helbig was a big YouTuber. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very funny and now she's doing the like I'm done making videos yeah so this week's video is me cooking (laughs) lasagna
1: (laughs) that's that's always so um the greatest youtuber of all time Jenna Marbles I feel like she transitioned so smoothly into it because yeah like her videos I feel like had more planning at least but like now they're just like I am going to dress my dog as a hot dog. Um, and that's going to be this 30 minute video. And I fucking watch it. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, this keeps getting better. Like, I think like, ah, uh, this this is also a conversation I've had with someone else before. Internet content is fascinating because like, I feel like it goes through uh, like the history of art in like a super fast condensed time. Cause like now, like, Memes are already like super, they're like meta memes about themselves. Mm-hmm. But like, it took art thousands of years to get to like postmodern, and it took like nine gag, like <laughs> six years, and everyone just, it just gets weird. I don't know. I like memes. We should make a video on that. I'm up for it. That's a good visual element. That is for (laughs) podcasting. Yeah, let me let me paint you a picture with my imagination brush. That is my voice. Yeah, so that's all I have prepared for today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Going back, you said
0: uh, that I would randomly introduce people. I thought I didn't introduce people. No, there definitely was a ooh nice callback. Well, because I feel like my attitude toward it is it's in the fucking title it says like designer so-and-so like and then a description that explains who they are and what they talk about in this like i don't need to introduce who you are if
1: i'm taking this all in via braille i don't know right because i don't think you use braille when you're writing your your I, podcast titles i haven't expanded there yet. <laughs> wow Dick. yeah I know. i'm sorry
0: <laughs> so you want to introduce yourself
1: Oh uh, yes, so I am Ryan Freeland. I have been working for DS for since June. I started as an intern. June last. June last, last year. June last Not year. Not you have been here. Started full time in January, and I'm a video slash content producer. Is that what? It is? That's your that, that is what I signed. I don't know. It sounds real cool. And I feel like since putting that on LinkedIn, more people are like, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, see, I've always used your title from the trip to
0: the presentation in Texas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was it? What? It was they put video in turn. <laughs> <laughs> and so you or someone else scratched out intern, and so it was just video with strike through intern. So that's in my mind, that's your title. That video is video strike through intern. Yes.
1: I think Pete did that. I don't know though. But it is very funny.
0: That should be your title on LinkedIn.
1: Well if I <laughs> Yeah, video. someone could get a strike through font on uh LinkedIn, my comedy could go through the roof on that platform.
0: Alright, so also the since this is not just an hour of us goofing around. Uh what? What the premise was... <laughs> just here's
1: like ruffling of me, like taking off the microphone and walking out the door. Doing the... This is... <laughs> walking out sounds. Um, Wait, do you know what a Foley artist is? Yeah. That has to be the cool... Does Foley artist still like exist? Yeah, I'm sure. It t- I'm Well, I'm, I bet they have the digital versions now. They don't have to do that. Oh, that's... Did you ever... I mean, like... Because this is my part of the podcast where I get to talk about James. James has done a bunch of awesome and odd jobs. So I'm going to just ask him, and I bet he's done this. Are you going to ask you? me if I've done Foley art? No, I'm going to I, – I bet you haven't done Foley art. I know there was that video of um, – because I know you are also a nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Logan, there's that shot of like – him running through the woods and like that video went viral of Hugh Jackman like recording his like <laughs> like his grunts going through it and um like so clearly it's still like used but See but that's not that's not foley isn't foley the
0: the sound elements versus you're talking about oh it has another name where it's the, the voice Living like ad living yeah. it's not yeah it's like um, blanking on the name. Oh so those there's are a two fully things. there's a fully artist mm-hmm. and they do the sound effects and you know if it's a laser sound, they yeah. create those sound elements. Mm-hmm. If it's a horse walking, you know, they make it. But it's something else when an actor has to come into the studio to Re-record lines or... mm-hmm.
1: have you ever experienced a uh foley through your time through tv have you ever worked on a project that had a foley in it foley artist
0: sorry hold on i'm actually googling this <laughs> i'm just gonna cut all this out <laughs>
1: <laughs> no leave it in say funny stuff then i don't <laughs> have to cut it so nice commercial break this is going to be ryan freeland's power minute of asmr asmr <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That's going to hurt somebody's ears. Uh, we do have these. I won't mention the product's name, but we do have a bunch of food that I could crumple up and squish. ADR? In. ADR? What does that yeah. stand for? Audio dubbing recording. You don't even have to say. I already uh, nailed it. Automated dialogue replacement. Ooh, none of those were right.
0: So back to the podcast. <laughs> what were we talking about?
1: Um, we were discussing foley oh, art. You asked me if I ever worked
0: on on something with foley. Yes. Um. Yes. Oh, really? In In commercials. So you have a car, but you don't have. You didn't mic the engine, so you have to add in the sounds mm-hmm. of the car. You mm-hmm. have to add in the sound of. The tires on the road. Yeah, it's a it's a hockey player skating down the ice. His skates weren't miked. Mm-hmm. You have a you have audio, but that audio is bouncing around inside that huge arena. Mm-hmm. And so those the sound effect of the skates would be, was added in. Later. Yeah, yeah. So I've done I've been in the studio for that that type of stuff. But that's all. Dig, it's digital. He, yeah. He the guy would pull up a whole folder of yeah. sounds like that,
1: and then he would go here's the guy here's the sound of the guy skating. It's like yeah. It's uh that shocks me that. They did it on commercials. Because, like, I would imagine... Well, it's
0: the, like you're saying, it's it's an action scene, and you can't have a microphone attached to the guy skate when yeah. the camera is a guy, a guy skating, and you mm-hmm. can see his skates. So we added the sound. We
1: fixed the sound in post. To continue our busy, busy business talk, um, <laughs> this is truly the longest, I think, we've ever been serious in our entire lives. It really is. Um, right, uh, at one point, I was going to try to shift over to the point of what this podcast is. <laughs>
0: Uh, but it's supposed to be around creativity. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, what is creativity? Cause I think it is interesting how different people have their own perspectives and their own views and their own ways to explain it or their own ways to create it. Mm-hmm. So what is your uh, take on creativity? Take on Out- crea- aside from just memes.
1: Yeah. That's... What? <laughs> <laughs> um, take on creativity. Well, luckily I have listened to a few other podcasts, so I know a little bit of where I can go with this, but I would say, For me personally, um, I disagree with you on creativity. Wait, did I say what I think creativity is? Yes, oftentimes. (laughs) uh, Clearly, I know your podcast (laughs) better than you do. And so the turntables. Um, You, I think, unless your position has changed, often say that creativity is a kind of innate force and ability in someone. I disagree. I think creativity is a... It's just, like, a skill that you just have to, like, practice over and over again. And I think creativity is created through, like, everyone has their own system to kind of be, like, particularly, like, creatives. Like, when you work a 9 to 5 job, you have to be creative from 9 to 5. Like, personally, my creative, uh, like, highlight is 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Like, that's just, like, when my brain goes to town. So, like... Is that why your work's been suffering for the last year? (laughs) Is that why you're just terrible at your job? (laughs) Um, So, I think creativity is a very... It's something that can be practiced, and I think it's something that has... It's, like, a rhythm that you personally know for yourself. Like, I think whatever you need to do to get into that rhythm can be totally different. But I think creativity is... Also something that needs to be practiced. So, I think so anyone can be a creative. I
0: think anyone can be a creative. So th- what happens where oftentimes we are invited or hired to go into a company mm-hmm. to do workshops or presentations where the objective is to help people become more creative? Well, it, How do you do
1: that in four hours? If you don't. That's like that's okay. So this is exactly what the improv blog is about. Is that like workshops? Ryan is a, about to put out a blog article about improv. And how improv workshops are stupid. Yes. And I think that. So find it on digitalsurgeons.com. Yes. If he finishes it, it'll be up there. <laughs> if I ever finish it, it'll but be up there. If it's not, it's been in the
0: works for six months.
1: <laughs> then you heard it here first, baby. Like you can't, you can't like teach. It's like a muscle. It's basically like you have to continuously do it over time. It's just, it's working out, except it's your mind. So when someone hires
0: us to do it, <laughs> you're seeing it as cha-ching but this is pointless
1: um i will say when i started saying this i was like should i not be saying this because this is kind of our thing what's well, um, your thing they're not hiring you that's true they're not hiring <laughs> You're just me that weird guy in the corner with the camera yeah i'm the one who's just like god he's so fucking negative <laughs> um, yeah i think like a four-hour workshop is not gonna do anything like you gotta be practicing it every single day and Like, that's another. You're saying you're disagreeing with what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And
0: I think your your sits on top of mine. So what I'm saying is this is a thing that we are innately better at, Mm -hmm. which is why we went into this field. But what you're saying is, yes, we may be innately better at it, but that doesn't mean we just naturally do it consistently. We have to practice it. it is a muscle. You know, it is a tool that you have to sharpen and you have to you'll take care of yeah so it's the same thing it's not a contradiction i mean i would what i'm saying is ultimately it is difficult for those non-creatives to bring a lawyer or an accountant into this what we could teach them or what they're going to get to in a week is something that could be an hour or mere hours for one of us
1: yeah yeah i think like people obviously have different levels of creativity and i just think there's like a sort of not pretentiousness, but like of like an artist being like, oh, I am creative. The whole it's just time like, yourself, I was like, man, this sounds so pretentious. We so sound so pretentious. pretentious. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, it's just we. But we all have skills. We all have Things skills. we're
0: naturally good at, mm-hmm. things that we practice. Mm-hmm. I can't do math <laughs> to any degree. I I Google basic math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about. Th- so I have a fantastic story of this time um, is this jun- about me? No, no, okay. this is about me. Right. If we want to talk about math and science, well, this is science. My junior year of high school, I um, we were in AP Chem, and my teacher at the time, he was like six foot five. He was insanely tall, and I was sitting on like a very very low stool, and he was handing out exams. Um, and then he got to me, and he gave me the exam, and on the top was just a twenty two, and I was like is this out of a hundred? And he was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Continued walking. But like, because of the stool height difference, it was, I was just looking like straight up being like, is this out of a <laughs> hundred? But anyway, yes, I'm bad at math. I'm sure you're great at math, but I'm better. I am more practiced at creativity than others. That was the roundabout way of saying that. <laughs> Aren't we all feeling good now? <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm>
0: so good. <sighs> I don't remember what questions I would ask on this thing in the past. Uh That's the problem from taking a year hiatus. So (laughs) It happens. uh, We're on the subject of creativity. What what are you doing right now that's creative? What am I doing right now that's creative? You know, because for me, like, I hate process. I hate planning. Mm -hmm. I hate that stuff. At the very least, if I plan something, it's in my head. Mm Mm-hmm. And putting it on paper is what drives me nuts. Yes. So when everyone's like, I don't know what we're doing, it's like, I do. Catch uh, up. Guys, keep up. I and, wrote a Google Doc yeah. four weeks ago that
1: I sent to you all. Uh,
0: <laughs> and it's just a disconnect for me where I forget that no one knows what is going on in my brain, which, yes. you're, which you have to deal with every single day. I do. But you love the planning stuff. I do. I do. So, and I see that is
1: entirely uncreative.
0: To make a calendar.
1: Oh, of- I mean, I don't. I wouldn't consider that creative either. I consider it, like, so much fun, though, because I just love organizing and making lists. But here, here's what I would challenge you on that. Because, to give context to those viewers who aren't just me and James, um, we currently went through a shoot um, where you basically, all the things you do that everyone, like, takes for granted, you gave to me, and I slowly lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you, do you realize that there was a reason I gave that to you? Uh,
1: I assume it was because I keep saying how much I love organization, and you were like, "So, suck so it. What,
0: <laughs> what? What? You had to go into the edit of it? Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. 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 I,
1: the only way
0: to get you to properly wrap your head around what you're gonna have to edit was to have you plan. No, I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I just wanted—I not... just wanted you to know that it wasn't like, "Hey, idiot, you like planning stuff here." I'm, I'm gonna—I'm gonna go have a drink <laughs> here, plan boy. Yeah,
1: there, chop the, chop. See,
0: there was a plan. No, I me. know that. I just didn't write it down or explain it to anyone.
1: <laughs> My God, you are so chaotic neutral. But basically, I was given these responsibilities. I think I failed at the beginning, which then led. The me, you, and Jimmy to kind of sit down, talk where we want to go further. And I think that was creative. And I think that was like a... Yeah.
0: I feel like people often would say on here that creativity is solving problems. I feel like a bunch of people oh, said yeah. that. That's what you were doing. You were mm-hmm. saying, I've run into these obstacles. How do I overcome them or or just ignore them? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I'm good at that. And so you found creative solutions Mm -hmm. to those
1: yeah so like i think like organization can lead to creativity and i think creativity can be used in different like that was something i have never done until i got this job and now i find myself doing more and more is like either by myself or with groups of people is creating and designing like workflow pipelines which i have never thought about But, like, particularly... I've never thought about it either. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly with, like, video editing, where, like, all right, we have, like, this many shoots, and all those shoots need to be planned beforehand, and we all Mm -hmm. need to plan the actors and actresses, and all that preliminary stuff. And then you get the footage, and you have 600 hours of footage broken up into eight different locations, broken up into nine different actors and actresses. And then you take that, and you're like, all right, well, now you gotta, like... Now you have multiple cameras that are Mm -hmm. shooting the same thing, and so, like... When I started doing this, it was just like pure chaos. And I kind of just like blunt forced my way through it. But it, like eventually you get to a point where like I need to be producing so much more content so much faster. There'd be merit in just taking like two days off to just think, sit and think, hey, what have I noticed has been like easier when I'm editing? Or what have I noticed like when I'm editing, particularly with audio, how many times I've been like, oh, shit, you know, if I just did this beforehand at the beginning of the project, this would have been so much easier. And then I just started writing that down, and then eventually I was like, "Wait, I think I created something." <laughs> <laughs> and then like so I started following that, and then like, just more and more of those, which I've found I really enjoy. Um, but it's just like a it's a creative if I had to go back like four years ago and be like, "Hey, past Ryan." wanna hear some creative stuff you'd be doing, I'd be like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> but like I think it's it's pretty creative. It's uh I think it's I don't even know if I would use the word creative, but like innovative, even though I think those two things are very similar. Yeah. But like I feel like it has a slight difference.
0: When you write something like
1: this article that you've been writing for six months. Mm-hmm. Um you... eight months <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh do you outline? Do I outline? Yes. So actually this uh essay blog, whatever Came from Jamie knew I did improv uh, with a team. Jamie, our our account director slash HR slash recruiter person. Yes. Um, She knew I did improv and was like, oh, like we really want to do an improv workshop for the company. And Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. Awesome. Um, I'll invite my friend. uh, Like maybe we can host a thing. And so I talked with my friend and like we just spent a night planning Uh, And kind of being like, well, we don't want to teach improv comedy. We want to teach improv that can help people in work. And then we kind of stumbled upon this idea of like, you know, two hour workshop isn't going to do anything. Like the reason improv helps us is because we have done it together for like seven years straight. So like we can work in a scene really well. Um, So then we started thinking about like, well, what if we structured this to be like a three class, uh, like over like a long time so they can kind of, like, sit in and stew on it. He's trying to get more money. The thing is, like, (laughs) I was like, we'll do this for free. And Jamie was like, no, you should charge us. And I was like, but I'll do it for free. (laughs) Like, I don't know, whatever. But, like... um, This is why we don't let you handle the budget. (laughs) (laughs) I would do it for free. I'm digressing. But, yes, like, I planned... We wrote, like, in a notebook, just, like, wrote down, like, the structure and all of that. And then now I am, like... I any anything I write, I always write a basic outline down, and then I just like throw in jokes to transition between ideas. And I've no, I've talked about it in this podcast, and I have a whole fucking chapter of it
0: in my book. But I've always blocked write dumb the... by James Dan write dumb dot com, also available on Amazon. I
1: don't think you've plugged your book yet, to be honest. I haven't. It's the longest I've gone in weeks without <laughs> plugging it. <laughs> Yeah, no, the uh, the album art for this one should just be an advertisement yeah. for RightDumb.com. Sponsored by. We should do a commercial.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, I always simplify things down to heart and head. But mm-hmm. I think creatives generally are one of, the, one of the other, yet it's like a yin-yang. It's, there's elements of each inside of the other. Mm-hmm. So with every heart, there's a little bit of head inside there, and sometimes you rely on that and vice versa. But ultimately, the people are one or the other. Mm-hmm. and you like process you like to plan and look at things and and work through it versus me i like to go well let's just run at it really fast and <laughs> and see what happens <laughs> and i like to, just run head first into a brick wall yeah it's like well i learned a lot uh but i <laughs> as you you use the, the word chaos all the time in yes, regards to my work i do i, I like do. i prefer chaos and you prefer order
1: yes I, so you said something that you said people are either one or the other, mm-hmm. and I disagree. I think I think there should be both, and like you need to play with both. So like in the past,
0: See, it's a yin yang thing. It's all one. So inside you is heart. There's energy and chaos, and, and it's there, mm-hmm. and you can call on it. But ultimately, your safe place, your comfort zone, your primary mode mm-hmm. is order. Yeah. You know, like I can order. I can, I mean, mm-hmm. look at those spreadsheets of me planning cameras, units, like who's going where and then the budgets. Mm-hmm. I've done great things with the budgets <laughs> this year. Let me tell you, yes. Ryan. And I am not doing comfortable doing it, but I someone has to do it on this team Yes. and I've done it. So I know it's in there, but what do I want to do? I want to spend the entire budget on the first day and then just figure it out.
1: <laughs> so I bought eight pounds of silly putty. Yeah. Well, then we'll make some silly putty content. Yeah, I would, I would be curious to like. I know you, you're never in the quarter hacks um, slash. You haven't been in the one quarter hack, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you won't be here for next week's quarter hack. But I would like to see, and for both of us, uh, to be put in a situation where like you would be put into a team of like pure chaotic. And so I would like to see you transition to like a, oh, now I got to play the safe reserve side. And I would love to go into a very like account only team and then have to be like the crazy man. Like I would love, cause I do believe the best, like if you're going to lead a team, you need to have both and you need to have yin and yang. And you need to have, cause like it's just, they're both good at both things. I've been in, so here
0: directors leads all that stuff we still have to do the work mm-hmm. we're, we're smaller agency or consultancy we're like we have to do the work yeah it's just the way we exist i've been in places where you don't do the work you you just manage direct lead that sort of thing mm-hmm. and chaos is it's difficult to maintain chaos if you want a functioning team and so what's interesting is i a place i worked at they had a psychologist on staff or psych a psychologist maybe a psychiatrist i don't remember uh, what just psycho. <laughs> yeah, someone who's just psycho watching, sure. making sure we didn't kill each other, ourselves, <laughs> anyone, anyone. Um, but she gave, uh, some tests, some personality test, I don't remember what it was, but took it and we're at work. So we're taking it with a work mindset. Mm-hmm. And the result was, it was structured leader takes charge, makes decisions. And then she said, okay, take it again, but now don't think about work. Don't think, when you answer these questions, don't think about what's going on at work. Don't think about your relationships. Don't think about your responsibilities. Think about home. Think about who you are at home. Think about who you are in your house, sitting on your couch.
1: Like behind closed doors. Yeah,
0: get out of the office. I took it again. Complete opposite. I was, complete opposite. It was more about, I was more introverted, more about human relationships and less about, like, control. Mm -hmm. She pointed out that I'm wearing a mask at work. I'm recognizing that I have to be this person. And so without realizing it, I become the head Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus, you know, at my heart, I am heart. And so here it's easier to, I I can switch back and forth more. Like we can sit around and we can goof off and we can have chaos and still get our work done. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, I got to manage a budget and I have to be structured and I have to do performance reviews with you guys Mm -hmm. and chaos doesn't work as well, but by having both, we can do performance reviews while throwing axes. Yeah, throwing axes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And drinking beers. Yes. Which works. Or an
1: apple cider. Thank yes. you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Like this mic is definitely sinking, right? It is. Like it definitely it, Whoever
0: is. set it up, set it up wrong.
1: A hundred I I <laughs> I agree. I agree.
0: Okay. All right, let's joke go back to creativity. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think I said?
1: I heard. Let's joke. Go back to creativity. Oh, I said, "Let's go back to creativity." Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, I agree. Let's go back to creativity. I
0: feel like in the the original versions of these episodes, it went so smoothly, and now well, I feel like, what are we doing? Listen, why are disruption? We
1: what time are we doing this too? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. yeah, we come out July Fourth. It's already passed. We've just eaten all the Zen B bars, and we're like, what's going on? Uh, creativity, um, creativity. Where did right, you find it? No, no, no. It, okay. No, no, no. I got one for you. All right. Um, when did, when did you realize in your life you like started creativity and you started like, I'm going to become a professional writer. I don't think I have a.
0: So someone actually asked me that this morning, which is weird. Um, that I got asked that twice in one day, but I don't think I have a true answer, like a mm-hmm. one firm answer. Even if I wanted to, early on. Mm-hmm. I don't think I didn't have the option. My dad didn't give me the option of being an artist. Like it was like, you're going to go to business school. It was like a
1: classic Disney teen movie. Yeah. Like he, he is a, a shirt Tucker, you
0: know, he's <laughs> he, a great term. If, if you see him a, a movie with a spy or an FBI agent in like the fifties. Oh yeah. He was dressed in that way in the nineties. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So he was just waiting for it to come back around. Yeah. He had a pocket <laughs> protector, the white shirt, short, short sleeve SSBD. Oh yeah. With a black tie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh he was a G, G man. Um nice. gov- government employee and you had paths like that. You can he was an engineer. Mm-hmm. I could have been an engineer if I wanted, but artistic writing, I always loved movies and reading and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but it was never I I it was never a path. I never I don't recall ever th- considering it and i hear people say like i always wanted to do this and i was inspired by that so i I consumed everything i could and yeah i hate those people that never triggered for me yeah it didn't trigger for me that i could do this for a living until college and so when i went to college Mm -hmm. i was a business major because that's what my dad told me i was yeah and so i went and took those classes and i i did i took them but i didn't go to them (laughs) and i still have nightmares to this day around uh, forgetting that I had exams because when you don't go to the class it's very easy to forget that there's an exam, and so you miss them and mm-hmm. so that would happen and then i 'm haunted by that to this day, and I graduated fifteen over fifteen years ago, yeah, so it was never an option option for me i loved my the only class I liked my freshman year of college was English mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a great time, loved the reading, loved the writing loved the the thinking around it all and then my dad ended up in the hospital and it was very bad we were basically told. He's not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And he made it. He came out. It it took a few months, but he came out with a completely different view on life. Completely different attitude. He was all about experiencing life
1: suddenly. Mm -hmm. And
0: whereas he...
1: I like to imagine like he got up and just like the white t-shirt, he just takes (laughs) off the short sleeves and rips them off. And he's just like, let's live And there's a tattoo under there the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. But
0: he did switch. Like he went, he retired from his government job and he started wearing just t-shirts and cargo shorts and sandals every day. Nice. He totally, That's awesome. yeah. That's and awesome. he, he was all about experiences. That's mm-hmm. why we go on a vacation together every year because it's like, let's go see somewhere in the world. Let's, let's drink a beer in a different city. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk to different people. And he was so frugal my entire life. And suddenly like, I don't think he, I don't think he bought me a like a birthday or Christmas present until I was wow. in college Cause wow. he just, he didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. And so then we grew closer during this time, much closer. And he actually bought me a typewriter that he found at a, oh really at a, That's uh, cool. a yard sale, mm-hmm. an old one. Mm-hmm. It, it's very cool. I still have it, but he kind of gave me that go ahead that like, That's cool. you know, you, you, you already do that. You don't say you want to do this, but you do this. Like mm-hmm. we didn't know how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I yeah. Would classic write, son, yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, I could write to him. And oh, so yeah. he saw that I could express myself through written words. So he kind of me a little bit toward it mm-hmm. i started switching my classes suddenly i went from terrible grades and academic suspension to having great grades
1: still on academic suspension yeah. because i was
0: bad for a while but you right. know <laughs> but yeah so i had i was able to switch so i i did i worked a full-time job Mm-hmm. And it was corporate. Like I said, I had a cubicle. I just tucked my shirt in. I was a shirt tucker, mm-hmm. and I did. You're really against. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, you it's use a, that metaphor a lot, so you're really against yeah, tucking yeah, in shirts. I don't like that um, <laughs> because I, you know, I, I was stuck in this, and so I'm missing out on a lot of experiences of college. Of college, and I had that moment where I was like, I'm about to graduate college, and this is my life. Mm-hmm. I just I put myself on this path, mm-hmm. and it's not something I want to do. It's not a place I want to be, and in a state I want to be in, literally mm-hmm. like in Virginia. So I quit. I'd finished school. I sold everything I owned, and I moved to Europe. That's awesome. And I bummed around. I experienced things. I read a ton. I wrote, mm-hmm. and I basically said, I'm gonna dedicate my life to doing something out here. Mm-hmm. Ran out of money. Classic. Came back. <laughs> applied to a bunch of jobs. I got offered a job at big corporation doing corporate communications, like. I was basically going to write internal uh, newsletters. Ooh, fun stuff. So I reminded myself that this wasn't the path. I mm-hmm. turned down the job. I got in my car and I drove to New York City and I worked my way. I found a way. At times I struggled, you know, but I dedicate myself to it at that point.
1: Badass. Badass. And you never tucked your shirt again, kid. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Wait, wow. So same question back at you. Uh, what was the question? Can you say it to me?
0: <laughs> when did you uh, know that you wanted to be a creative or that you could be a creative? Uh, professionally.
1: When um, did your path start? Um. Good question. Great <laughs> question. Great question. Great question. Um, I can genuinely say I don't know. I don't know if I ever had a moment where I was like, I can go be a creative because I remember I remember having foreshadowing in my life because I was a freshman in high school taking a basic drawing class and a professional graphic designer came in and she was like, guys, like, if you like drawing, you can do this professionally. And I remember the thought in my head going, ha, that's stupid. <laughs> I remember it. I remember that exact moment. Um, so then <laughs> cut to stupid younger Ryan. Um, look who's laughing now. So I remember... I always wanted to do films. And then, as a classic guy who always wants to do films, I had no film portfolio. So I applied to all film schools. So I went to Yukon because <laughs> um, I didn't get in anywhere else. So I was very lucky in that right at that time, I went to, I was just like, I'll be an English major. And I was also in the honors program. So there was an honors opening weekend, and lo and behold, no one else in the honors program was like, I'm not going to be an English major from UConn. So no one else is at this guy's booth. So I walk over to him, and I'm like, hey, I'm an English major. And he was like, that's awesome. Like, this is my first time at UConn, too. And we started talking. And because he was so new, he also had heard about new things that were going on at UConn, and there was a tiny group of professors who were doing this thing with animation, and I was and I told him like, "Oh, like I, I want to go into like film eventually." And he was like, "You know, there's like six people trying to put together a program. You should go talk to them And uh, like so I did. So I happened to be at the right place at the right time, start a few classes, getting those like internships ready for all of us and getting like clients for us to be working with during the school year. That, like, eventually, like, I clicked that I was like, oh, like, this is, like, a genuine path. So then I I transitioned from wanting to do film to doing motion graphics and, like, animation. And so that's where, like, I worked mostly in until you guys, and then you guys were like, I want to do, you guys wanted film. So I was like, all right, pivot, baby, because that's where a job is. It's actually something I've been trying to figure out. I like animation, and I really like film, and I really like writing. I don't really care what my job specifically is. I just like doing those creative things Mm. and, like, telling those creative stories. So, like, yeah, it's, like, same as, like, I never had, like, a moment where I was like, ooh, like, I've always wanted to. I never took, like, I never did well in any art classes. I never did any art things as a child. Like, I never had that, like oh, my papa gave me a camera when I was a young boy, and then I filmed everything with my friends. Like, no, I never did that. Like, I made a few, uh, like, shitty films. It was more of just, like, I think I've always had a very, like, tactical, like, logical mind, and eventually I was like, oh, cool, this is sustainable and I can live? Yes.
0: Okay. I'm impressed that UConn has that mentality, or at least that program of Mm -hmm. let's help you get a job, Mm -hmm. and that they introduced it to real-world things because, in my experience... For our industry, the students are—they're not prepared at all. That's like at all. Yeah, no matter the school. Like, if you go to look at some of the big ad schools, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to shit on them (laughs) by name, but (laughs) they don't prepare the students for the actual work. They still have them doing print stuff, Mm -hmm. and not because it's appropriate for print, but because that's just the format that they've been throwing at them for decades. Mm -hmm. And so there's no original thought. It's just, well, I'll just fill the page with some copy and it's mm-hmm. mindless and it's robotic and I went to, you know, not long ago, I went to that portfolio review and I would ask questions around like their approach and their thinking and it would be things like, well, that's what the teacher told us to do. Oh, no. no matter the school, I, you know, we were dealing with, I don't remember how many schools are there, eight schools mm-hmm. and everyone had that mindset. It's just like, oh that's what the teacher told us. It's like that's not the way the world works. That's yeah. not the way the industry works. Yeah. And no one had thought. No one said, Well, you know what would have been really great is if we did something like this. Or mm-hmm. you know, well, that's why that's actually why from that we brought in Carly, because mm-hmm. Carly was the only one I met in that entire event who said something different. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I think there's definitely merit to like going to a scrappy underdog school. Because it's just like Everyone is so freaked out about being like, well, I'm paying for a degree, so I need to get something, and I don't have a sweet name attached to my diploma. So like guess I better get good at shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I think uh I think there's merit to the to the underdogs. So, of where all the other
0: kids in your program. Where where are they at now? Starbucks, <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> John. No,
1: actually I have, like I don't I don't keep in touch with many of them, but like they're all doing really cool shit. Like I know people who um, they're doing the animations and designs and videos behind like artists at like concerts. Nice. Um, I know, I mean, I've told you about my friend Cindy, but she basically was like, I'm a master of film. And then was like, you know what? I'm going to just pivot to do web design really well. So, like, then she was doing, like, a bunch of different, uh, like, websites for local hospitals. Um, So, like, yeah, like, everybody I know who graduated from my class is, like, doing really cool shit. And then there's you. And then there's (laughs) me. You know, where, how else can you recognize greatness if not next to mediocrity? (laughs) Um, uh, What's a book that you've read that has, like, changed your life? And that really is, like, it's almost like your own ethos the first book that comes to mind it's interesting because it if you say write dumb i'm no, walking no, 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 out <laughs> of this podcast <laughs> a book
0: called write dumb available on amazon.com <laughs> um no it's it's a book that comes to mind that's it's funny that that's the one that always comes to mind considering i haven't read it reread it in mm-hmm. 15 years yeah and it's uh dave egger's heartbreaking work of staggering genius i've never heard of it it's, fun- right, it's noted it's a me- his memoir Around I want to say two thousand one, two thousand, somewhere around there. But it was impactful because there were elements of his story that were reflected in my life. Uh You know, it was one of those things like, "Holy shit!" Like this is me, this is my life, kind of thing. But also the way he approached it—something so serious and emotional—and how he didn't, he didn't take it seriously. He it it was full of humor, Uh and even just in the way he published it. So there was just a random photo of a stapler, a random (laughs) picture of a stapler he added jokes and variation in his legal page on the, in the book mm-hmm. which is the inspiration for why I did it in mine yeah. he did it i was like well then i can do it too and yes. but that's always stuck with he basically said okay here is a model for how you do something how you do something right mm-hmm. how you do something legal and alter it you know yeah. have fun with it push it out of it, the boundaries and i had never seen it then and i haven't seen it since mm. and so that book has always been impactful to me even though i haven't gone back and reread it yeah i still feel like it. i know most story but i still have that same copy that's mm-hmm. ragged because yeah, yeah even though i don't go back and reread it i have taken it with me places for some reason like i it's always that book i'm going to read again mm-hmm. and then i don't but it's all tearing apart because it has made many journeys with me over mm-hmm. the years mm-hmm. so i should read that before i read your book oh no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 you should probably read my book first yes put it review on amazon
1: review it on it oh well, should i just review it first and then put yeah, the, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good approach <laughs> that's a good idea go do your thing <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so you're you're in charge of this now you're My the new s- host, yeah. Okay. So you've asked the last couple of questions. I'll keep them coming. I'm the guest.
1: Yeah. Um, so something I've always wanted to get information from you about is... That you just never asked me. That I've never asked you. Well, I think I've hinted at it before, but I've never really had the proper medium in which... And perhaps you might just be like, oh, write dumb is the answer. Um, and it's, it'll actually be valid. But I've always wondered, you have a talent for story. In a way that I haven't seen really before, and that like when you hear a story, you can immediately be like, "Yes, that is a good story," or you can be like, "No, and this is exactly why it's not a good story." Where do you learn that? Like, do you, what? Like, what goes through your head? Are there rules of storytelling that like I just like haven't come across? Um, like, there,
0: there are. It's funny. There are rules, and there are different rules that contradict the other rules.
1: Of course, you know, like all art. Yeah,
0: and so. Yeah, I read a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've, whether you're reading Poetics, Aristotle, like, or you're reading modern day Sid Field or- um, As
1: books. he's saying this, he's holding a glass of red wine, shaking it.
0: <laughs> yes. All right, go on. Uh, I consume a ton of content, mm-hmm. probably 99% of which I will never, ever remember. Mm-hmm. But I've always had an ability to retain a certain amount of information that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Like, I will be that pretentious asshole who will quote- someone Mm -hmm. a quote like a writer and say the entire line and then go well I didn't know I knew that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah absolutely and so I think like when that'll happen I'll say like in this room you're editing and there was something I was like oh well you need to you're probably talking about I was like you need to change this connection this is excess it's not driving the story like the something gun the Pavlov's gun or uh, Chekhov's gun yeah (laughs) Was that in something? Did we? Did I well, yeah, that? you uh,
1: be, I was editing something and like I had a shot that had an item in it and you were like, take that out because it doesn't come back in later. Yeah. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. There's stuff up there and
0: sometimes it falls out. <laughs> that's that's well, all you, I got. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that's all I got. Sometimes it falls out. Author of Write Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> James <laughs> No, I've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of weird shit. I read a lot. I mm-hmm. write a lot, you know? I, on weekends, I will write a script and the script will be fucking terrible, Mm -hmm. but I'll learn from it how not to write a script. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the work we do here every day, I've just done it. And I I used this term years ago called activated thinking. Mm -hmm. It was that idea that I've done something so much, I've studied it so much that I don't know what I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of the reasons I don't like to sit down and play on the shoes, because it's obvious to me, Mm -hmm. you know? and certain elements are it's obvious well oh we have to shoot blank okay well i already know that we're gonna have to take into consideration lighting i know because you said that we're gonna need to use this type of studio i know of those studios that we use we know that we have these uh, power issues so we're gonna have to maybe bring in a generator and like all these things will fly through my brain without me even asking the questions Mm -hmm. and then that applies to a lot of you, <laughs> you walk in the shoot and you're like, where's the generators? Right. And we're like, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? But that was like for the the yoga shoot. It mm-hmm. was like, hey, let's do the yoga shoot. And some people are like, we don't have time to plan it. There's no planning. It's all it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like we, we know, how do we get the studio? How do we get the approval? How do we make it look authentic? To make it look authentic, we need to do a class. How do we get an instructor? How do you do that without having you know applying mm-hmm. the budget? Okay, I'll get do this favor. And it's like that all happened. And we planned the whole thing in 20 minutes. But it was like all those things flashed in my head, and I just immediately went and did them. So it's really hard to teach. Yeah. You, you have to have experience, which is why on this team, everyone does. They mm-hmm. experience it. You you lead. Jimmy is two, little, two years in, and he's a senior. Copywriter, yeah. Directing project, like managing projects by himself without any oversight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the only way we can really win is to actually do stuff, learn from it, fail at times, mm-hmm. but to have a team that supports each other and helps each other and softens the blow of failure uh-huh. and creates conversations where you can learn and grow from it. Uh-huh. So we can learn from each other. So that's ultimately what we're doing because activated thinking will, will happen eventually where you, you do fall into that kind of jazz mode where I don't know how to get the story structure, but I know when I look at it that the intro is off, that uh-huh. the tension's in the wrong place that it doesn't close the right way. I just sense it at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you have to ask. You have to go, well, why? Mm-hmm. Explain that. Give me an example. You know, And I might say, well, think of this movie mm-hmm. and how they did it that way. And then that set a tone for these other things. Like, that's, that's the only way. But I wrote an article on it, and I can <laughs> send it to you. It's called Activated Thinking. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, because the whole thing came when we, we had a, a video production, and the client explained what they needed and where, it was, where the media was going to go. And so when we walked out of the room, I said, okay, we we need to hire this freelancer. We have we need to do this. We need that. And I went through a list of things and she was like, what? She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wh- where does all that come from? And I was like, it's obvious. In those two minutes walking out of the office, it made sense to me because mm-hmm. I'd done it so many times that because they wanted blank, I knew like that has to be motion graphics. That mm-hmm. is not, that cannot be shot live. Yeah. And if you want to shoot it live, we're going to spend a lot of money. It's going to be experimental. It's going to be. Not worth it. So it has to be motion graphic. If it's going to be motion graphic at that quality, we're going to have to use this company Mm -hmm. and because they're the only ones who can do it that much but that we can also afford. Mm -hmm. So like all that stuff just... I've asked those questions enough that
1: my brain doesn't ask it. It just jumps to the answer. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. So another question for you because I have friends who I know would love to ask you this question. What can someone do who's trying to get into this like copywriting writing game jimmy did it the best way how did he
0: do it so everyone who studied this i will stand strong in this you're not any good okay no one can teach this in schools they Mm can't no one maybe uconn's figuring stuff out the way they're teaching you but there's not good copywriting programs they're really not all those big ad schools they're not putting out great stuff they all go into their agencies as juniors and they learn then they learn how to do it then Mm-hmm. They learned some cool stuff about being creative. See, we're talking about you. I'm about to get into a story. You yeah, want to come back here
1: fun of you? How right? long is the story? Six hours.
0: Nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Bird just walked in the room. I was, so
1: you asked about. Becoming uh, I asked a about what, is, what can someone do if they want to get into the copyright and game. And I was about to go into your story.
0: The way you approached it is the only way to do it. Coming out of, say, Creative Circus or SCAD or wherever you went to art school you learn how to write it's not you're not learning how to write you're learning how to write inside a print ad uh-huh. and you're learning how to big ideas all it's all the big ideas and no one no one ever has any idea what they're actually talking about until they learn on the job jimmy came in and i think you can he came in as an intern first and i had budgeted i think 3 days for you to come in and you were like, Oh, that disappoints me. In my head, I'm like, well, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he said, I want to be here five days. And I was like, Well, I didn't budget for five days. He goes, Well, I didn't think you were gonna pay me anyways.
1: <laughs> cool. that was the, yeah.
0: You wanna get on the mic? Yeah. Uh, you wanna you they wanna Got the visa gum so I don't <laughs> Jamie Law for this. Um yeah, you took some good storytelling liberties there,
1: but I remember actually I was on the phone with you when You told me I got the internship and you told me it was three days a week. And I had said, okay, like maybe I'll get another job on the side. And you're like, well, you can come in five days a week if you want. Like, and you were like, I suggest you do that. So I did that. And I came in five days a week and I would like come in first and stay, stay last and all that stuff. That's the trick. But I think, I think after I did that, Jamie and like, Some other managers were like, "We can't encourage people to stay more than they're supposed to." What you said, and
0: this is not this is fact. You said, "If you're meaning you talking to me, if you're here, I'm here."
1: Yeah, as I walk out the door while while you're recording a podcast. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, as
0: you bail out early, which is but you earned that. Uh, (laughs) I earned this bail. Yeah, but no, that's what you did. Is you didn't have industry experience. You had put together a portfolio that got you the interview, right? Right, yeah. Then you came in. You basically said, "Teach me everything. Put me in every opportunity." You and you didn't. You also didn't bind yourself to copywriter. You were working with the head of accounts. You had like mentorship time with the head of accounts. Huge learning another perspective. You you were hands on everything. You were quick to pick up a camera and help build this entire production capability that we have here now. Yeah, it is go in with the mentality of. You don't know anything, so you have to learn. And far too many writers fall into shitty portfolios and lack of growth because they go in with a chip on their shoulder and they think they're a writer, you know. And it's like you haven't written anything, and you don't know what you're doing, you know. Yeah,
1: and- agreed. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> a writer. A writer. A writer. A writer.
0: Thanks, Jim Bert. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thanks for that. Appearance on them. Yeah. Ooh. Have fourth. Happy, Happy fourth. Happy fourth. This is going to be a good episode. You two are good on the mic. <laughs> Very
0: confident speaker. Oh, yeah. Have fun. I find that becoming a copywriter is a weird path. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, schools don't really teach it. Mm-hmm. You can go to an ad school, but that's usually after you've gone to your undergrad a lot of times. And undergrads don't teach it. I can't recall anyone who actually learned any craft in a four year university mm-hmm. because it usually falls the copywriting skill usually falls under a marketing degree that usually trains someone who would go the account route. Yeah. And so I haven't seen it taught or learned in that capacity mm-hmm. only in the actual agency, agency life. Yeah. It is that, you know, work for free or work for little and mm-hmm. then work your ass off. That's it. That's the only way to do it. And You know what? Some people have seen do that. That doesn't mean they're good. (laughs) You know, but Jimmy's proof, you know, two years ago, Jimmy was an intern. He got hired full time Mm -hmm. as a junior inside that two years. He also got promoted, removed the junior title. Then he got promoted again to senior. Mm -hmm. The only reason he did that was. He got very good (laughs) because he asked questions constantly. He was curious beyond just copywriting. How does that affect the business? Talk to me about the client relationships. Like he looked at every aspect of it and learned and then adapted his learning into the work. He took chances. He asked for opportunities. He asked for freedom. Mm -hmm. He was engaged. Like this is something he wanted to do. And he leaned into it. And, you know, this was never a nine to five job for him. And it shows he now has... Opportunity to do anything he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And ownership. That's another thing is you look at a lot of portfolios and what did you do in that portfolio? What did you do on that project? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the, the truth is stretched. They yeah. didn't actually do that much on it. They're a team of eight and they touched it for a day. Mm-hmm. And do you have the ability to own something and to control it and direct it and actually create mm-hmm. I feel like is rare. You know, that's one thing I like to see, you know, you guys owning. Mm-hmm. Um, to see a commercial on the air and go,
1: I did that. No, mm-hmm. literally, I planned that. I shot that. I edited that. That's my fucking <laughs> hand in <laughs> yeah. the shot. Those are my legs running past the camera. Thank you very much. I know, I know for I was watching. But did not, <laughs> that shot was not getting in. Uh I'm <laughs> so gonna wait, I want to tell in. that story. Okay, so we're on a shoot <laughs> for a great product called Zenby. Yep, you'll notice some very fine calves <laughs> at one point in one of those so, shots. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're shooting and. Ryan is operating a camera and Ryan <laughs> puts the camera down in a different direction from where we're shooting. And then he just jogs away <laughs> and then jogs in front of his camera. And it was like, Ryan, what are you doing? And he's like, it's a jogging shot. You know, it's someone <laughs> jogging.
1: <laughs> it was very clear. <laughs> and hey, but you're okay. not the model. I'll have you know, I'll have you know, at that point, Steve was focusing on photos. Or photography. Which means that, like, the model is stationary and posing. Yeah. AKA, like, you can't get footage of that. It just, like, we've, bu- we've done enough shoots where I know, like, I'm like, oh, here's where Steve's going. And I just blast through, like, eight hours of footage of us shooting someone standing still. So, I took the initiative like a fantastic cameraman would. And I, uh, I got multiple angles a lot of different shots of me just running past the camera because we're going for an active (laughs) lifestyle. Listen, I feel like I did the right thing on that one. And we have many more videos to go. You'll forget eventually. But (laughs) here's why
0: it's extra funny for me is I've seen the footage. (laughs) And it was not well shot. It was one thing if it was like, you were like, Hey, other camera operator, you shoot me running, and here's the type of shot we need. Instead, the camera was put down, and it was like,
1: it was an odd frame. It was an odd angle. Excuse me, these were good frames. These were good angles. They were tasteful. James, just <laughs> tasteful. They were tasteful calves. Tasteful, tasteful, tasteful calves. calves. <laughs> there was a lot of calf. There was a lot of calf in there Yeah, we put that. In, and there's like, oh, there's a lot of calf in this yeah. shot. Just want to throw that out there. We we didn't see who was running. Were those
0: did she put on basketball shorts at some
1: point wasn't she just
0: wearing jeans wow there's some odd continuity here i uh, I like it i like this this is on brand this is on brand so it's like these sticks it's like popeye arms but in your
1: calves (laughs) yes yes Yes. finally (laughs) you guys are listening yeah that's that's a story we missed let's get those calves back yeah, in let's get those ca- let's do the story of a calf by sen <laughs> b um ah right. oh, shit um i don't know it's get into like some weirder questions like right. what's like like tell me like i don't know i want to know more about like you not necessarily writing because we've clearly gotten the writing thing down and you've had like eighteen thousand podcasts before so people know
0: you know what's funny while you think of your question this has been pointed out a few times at no point have I ever introduced myself on the podcast <laughs> the mysterious <laughs> said, yeah, and elusive
1: okay um, where do you get your ideas from when you are being creative the chaos uh, a little more specific please <laughs> i don't i don't even know how to answer that uh, so let's say if so you're, a you're right you're writing uh, you're writing every you're writing all the time yeah. where are these ideas coming from
0: i know it's not a good answer but it goes back to that activated thinking thing is i don't think about it Mm-hmm. Just, so you're saying you
1: sit down and you're you free flow? Yes. So, so you don't ever go like, oh, I know what I want I know I want to write a horror story about this, and then you do it. Like you just sit down and you don't even know what you're going to be writing when you sit down. It, it depends. It, it depends. Like
0: I I wrote a a pilot for a TV show once for fun, mm-hmm. and one image was in my mind, just one image mm-hmm. of a thing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to write that. Mm-hmm. So it's just right dumb. In the book, I explain this process for how to get this stuff out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not thinking, it's just kind of following your imagination. That's just the following dump. It. That's the dump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was here's this thing in my mind. What is it? And it's just my mind just was like, here's what this thing is. Here's mm-hmm. what's going on. And it's not logical. And it kind of bounces around. And I just explore it and I, yeah. I, I write weird things and I, I reference something that someone says in a movie that was cool that kind of ties back to that. Mm-hmm. And I just go crazy. And then that's all that dump just happens. And then I come back in and I go, now that, so that's the heart. It's just flowing emotion and energy and excitement and imagination. And then I come back with the head. Mm-hmm. So the head is logic and structure. So then I say, what the fuck is this that I have here? Yeah. And I go through it and I, I can start to process it and I can say, like, okay this is logical. This makes sense. I can connect these points and I can start putting a story together. And now I say, okay, now I have a, there's a character there because this and that therefore that. So I can start putting pieces and a map and an outline and structure all together. And I just move things around. And yeah. then here's this thing that if you look at, it, it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but I look at, it I go, I know it's there. I, I can see the thread or the bones yeah. inside there. And so now the goal is to build the body around it. So that's my process. And I just go back and forth doing Mm -hmm. that over and over again. So I wrote the script over a couple of days and it was so interesting having people give me feedback because they would comment on something and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So I had just written it, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Like I remember nothing and they'd be like, oh, that was so interesting how you made that comment. And then that was a setup for what happened 20 pages later. And I'm like, whoa, what? And I was like, am I a genius? Well, I (laughs) I don't, I don't remember doing that. I was just writing. And yeah. uh, it was like, that was the story that, as it happened, you know, it's like, I guess I've watched enough movies that it's just like, what do you want to happen? Yeah. You know, what do mm-hmm. you want to happen? Does it make sense? Or is it just insane? If mm-hmm. it makes sense, okay, that's what happens. Now yeah. go to the next thing. What happens now? You know, and it was just, it was kind of like that. And so yeah. I didn't pick up on any, like it was foreshadowing and stuff. I didn't pick yeah. up on it. And so I think it all ties back to when you're in college and the teacher's like, well, what did the, what did the writer mean when they said this? And people joke, they're like, the writers probably wrote it probably just wanted the car to be blue mm-hmm. and you know in these cases you, I just you're the, the car argument to be blue. for that <laughs> i just wanted the car to be blue i don't think about
1: subtext and i don't think about that ever really it just kind of happens so would you say well also when you write are you writing more fiction or like what do you write exactly I've written fiction outside of work. Fiction, nonfiction. The mm-hmm. book is. I mean, I know the nonfiction. the book is nonfiction, but like, yeah. Well, the net. So the book I'm working on now is fiction. Really? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Not no. Until it's done. Okay. Fair. Fair. Um. So then. So I guess, fictionally speaking, based on what you just said, are you someone who is much more narrative driven, or are you someone who, foc- who likes to think about like. The metaphors and symbolism and d- the why you're writing.
0: I don't think about the metaphors and the symbolism at all. I just write what I want. Things that have heart. That's all I care about. Movies, like I watched, I saw yesterday this past weekend. Oh, yeah, was it good? Tons of heart. I loved it. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> I, shows like Chuck, Psych, those shows have heart. They just yeah. have heart. The relationships people have, that's all I want. I don't want all the excess drama that's, that's like forced into things.
1: You What's know, like the movie, that. White Fang? <laughs> Airbud bad at heart. <laughs> it's just you just want to watch them. but that
0: wasn't forced tension. What? White Fang. Like you
1: cry <laughs> when White Fang. Listen, I've has only to go. seen Airbud, but apparently it ends the same exact way. Go on. Go on, get, get. you belong here. Get. <laughs> I love the idea of like you watching it being like they just stole White Fang and everyone's like what the hell is White Fang? I never saw Airbud. That's insane to me. Ah, I it's am do It's to me
0: that you never saw white fag. I just but
1: Airbud's Airbud. There's like six Airbud movies. Cuz he does other sports, I guess. I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if it's the same dog, but talented dog, very talented. Hmm. I don't know if I have any more predictions. Uh this is fun. Uh, because the movie ha- is coming out. The movie is out, but we're both seeing it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to you... send you spoilers. I the will... day.
0: Oh, yeah. Remember when <laughs> Endgame... Did you, would you block me? Is that what you did? Oh, I
1: blocked you on every single social media. Yeah, so I was still I... sending you...
0: <laughs> Some of the spoilers were... They're all fake. I didn't actually spoil it for you. What... Well, Oh, I was, I was pretending like I was texting you during the movie because mm-hmm. you were seeing it after me, and it was like, I can't believe... That they fit in Luke Skywalker so seamlessly.
1: You know what's funny? And I was just sending you stuff like that the whole movie. You and one of my good friends, Zach, both of you are people who like study and know narratives very well, which is really annoying. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you guys predict movies. Oh, I did really well on. We didn't we didn't talk about it much, but I did a great job on Endgame. I hated that. Because it's like, like when you, when you predicted, I should have known
0: that he was destroying, he would have destroyed the stones. So that pissed me off. I said that they were going to study it for five years. Yes, you
1: did. When you, I was right when they cut off Venus's head, I was like, fucking James was right. Like, like part of me was angry when I was watching them because I was like, God damn it. It's like, I hate. I got all of
0: the season one of Westworld correct. <laughs> Ask Ness after the second episode. I said everything that was going to happen and I was right. That's. And awesome. that, it, but you know what? That ruined it for me. It ruined yeah. my, I So I stopped watching Westworld
1: after episode two. Storytelling in a post internet world is crazy to me because like, you can't. How do you shock? How do five minds writing a show possibly outthink and shock? The entire collective of the internet. See, but I think
0: with movies like the new Star Wars and all the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. I tried to avoid spoilers on Marvel. Like I'm trying to do now with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. On Star Wars, I was open to it. Yeah, I wanted to know like what the fu- what's happening, yeah. what's gonna happen. I'm still gonna see it, but mm-hmm. just tell me. Yeah, tell me what I'm getting to. And every time the like leaked scripts or leak, you know, p- plot outline, everything was so over the top. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the movie, it's like oh, they're just doing that. Yeah. Oh, they're just running. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a simple thing, but they do it in a big way and they Mm -hmm. do it in an exciting way. And that's, I think, the difference is the internet's trying to think what's the extravagant thing that they're doing? Mm -hmm. What's the crazy wild thing? And then every time it's like, they were just time traveling, but they did it in a fun way. They did it with personality and humor and heart. Mm -hmm. And they did, it's just them fighting in Wakanda. That's Mm -hmm. it. Thanos is coming. And they're defending the vision. Like, that's it. Yeah. There's no big... Spoiler alert. (laughs) There's no (laughs) big thing here. But it was done in such... It was a cool... Amazing. Yeah, incredible action
1: sequence. Mm -hmm. Just the... Basically, everyone who was a fan knew, okay, Infinity War has to end with the snap. Like, that's, that's where it's going to go. And yet, still, in the movie theater... I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. When you're in the movie theater and there's no music, and just slowly all of your characters are fading away. And then the credits roll, and like everyone in the entire theater was silent. Yeah. Like, we all knew it, but the Russo yeah, we, still yeah, did we, it. we were still going, fuck yeah. you. It, yeah. Fuck you. It's like... Spider-Man? I would agree. Yeah, oh my God. Everyone was just like, Spider-Man and Black Panther? Yeah. What, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, there's the Guardians, I was cool with them going. It's like, like okay, whatever. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think there's also... That's a really cool coming full circle back to viral content. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Foreshadow. Uh, the rise of like video essays, I think, is probably my favorite thing on YouTube right now. I was actually thinking about this
0: three hours ago. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and watch the Edgar Wright editing video. Yes. He's so good. He is so amazing. Well, one of the reasons is I have two paths I'm, I'm going to take for. I'm thinking I'm gonna take for the District Film Festival. Mm-hmm. One of which I might wanna employ some Edgar Wright Techniques? tactics. Yeah. Yes. 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 My other is much simpler, my other idea. So I might go that route, just simplicity. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gonna win no matter what. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. you know, my competition's not impressive.
1: Wow. <laughs> what a dick. Um, so for those of you just wondering, if you can, please go watch a video. I think it's called like How Edgar Wright uh, like, Edits Comedy. And basically, like, why, how you can use editing to be part of the joke. It really makes you realize how much potential is being wasted on the editing room floor for most comedy movies.
0: Right. But also, I, I've liked almost all of Edgar Wright's movies. Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I watched that, and when it was over, I think I turned to you. And I go, So it turns out he's the best filmmaker <laughs> around is, right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He really is. Like, he is probably the best editor ever. Like, it's just like, he just... It's so thoughtful. It's so thoughtful. And in my, all of, anything I edit... You don't even like to do storyboards, man. (laughs) I don't do storyboards at all. That's, oh my God.
0: I I gave you my storyboard book. (laughs) Did you look at,
1: do you see how many storyboards are in there? None. I've had
0: that thing for so long.
1: I, oh my God. Like, that's one of the things I, whenever I'm working on personal projects, is like, I make a storyboard four or five times. Like so I write the script, go through all the script editing, whatever. Then I take that and like my first round is like just storyboard it. Like just go stream of conscious, go through the whole thing, storyboard it. See
0: see, there's there's storytelling in you know they say like you you make three movies, every time you make a movie, you make you write a movie, you shoot a movie, you edit a movie. Mm hmm. There's so many more movies that are being left out of that. Oh, yeah. You know, like the way you light is yeah a, a movie that's different than the way you, you, know, you do sound. Like mm-hmm. the way that you do your framing, the way you do your camera movement. There's movies inside of movies mm-hmm. all during that. And so when it comes to storyboarding, why don't? Because it's like, that's why I, I lean on people like you and Jimmy and Steve Walter. Mm-hmm. Because you'll think about, perfect example, in that shoot, there was that scene in the kitchen after the run
1: hmm
0: steve turned on the light to make it look like golden it was sunset yeah yeah and he was telling that story mm-hmm. right all i asked for was a cool down shot her leaning against the counter mm-hmm. after a run mm-hmm. and her needing to look like she actually ran sweaty and glistening like yeah that was the story that i was asking for
1: mm-hmm.
0: he being the dp told the story using his craft mm-hmm. right like so that's what i don't like storyboarding because my thing is the other people do that yeah you know it's mm-hmm. like we're a team yeah i'm mm-hmm. not saying you're gonna stand here and you're gonna bend your knee this way because i need this exact precise angle to come up and because it's coming from this way it, that's a story it means this you're portraying the person that way we're a team you guys know we need to get this thing she's ordering a product on her phone like mm-hmm all right, well, we're going to come over her shoulder. We're going to incorporate her. We're going to do it this angle because it's a really boring shot. We don't want it to look like a infomercial. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and you guys capture that shot. I don't ever want to be that type of place where I have to come and say, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing it my way, you're doing my way, you're doing it my way. Mm-hmm. I, we can do that, but mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be that. Yeah. And so the storyboards, it's like, you want to make a storyboard? Go for it. Yeah. Especially the type of stuff we're doing. If we're going to go and we're going to do a big video, mm-hmm like we, we've we done before. Storyboards and then we know exactly where we're going to shoot and then when we get in the edit it's like there's the there's what we're doing. There it is. There it is. But that's because there's the pressure of it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this is the way we described at the beginning was go broad fine tune and yeah. then get range inside that mm-hmm. space. That's yeah. what we did. That's exactly what we did mm-hmm. over this stretch. Like that was the plan.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah I would agree.
0: Was to go crazy oh. be chaotic at the beginning and then fine tune. Yeah. And that's you know we still have we're still, we still can go deeper. Like we, we, have yeah, two we more. still have,
1: yeah, uh, shoots, but well, it's just like the footage we shot, we still have like multiple narratives yeah. but in there.
0: If we didn't take that approach, if like the, <clears throat> so that was the way I laid out the budget, the production mm-hmm. budget. If it was, we're going to do four days and it's going to be precise and you only get, we're going to get this once. There's no fuck up, mm-hmm. you know, like this is our production. Then we would have to storyboard it. Mm-hmm. someone would have a storyboard yeah. it wouldn't be me it would be one of the designers who can you know, yeah. storyboard better but we would have to mm-hmm. because you have no other choice yeah. it's just your approach yeah but it's I, like
1: it's all the decisions all the same decisions are being made it's more of just like are we doing it after we have the footage or are we doing it before we have the footage yeah. and like yeah as you were mentioning like what we intended to do like lifestyle we need 10 lifestyle videos yeah, that's like a, okay, let's just gather as much shit and then siphon it down. But When we were working with Jarlsberg, it was like, we need a grilled cheese recipe right video. It's like, okay, that's very clearly like, there are steps of a recipe. These are the exact shots we need to yeah. do because we know the exact narrative.
0: Like that, I, that's one of the great things like Kui. It's like, Kui, this is my frame. Mm-hmm. You fill it. I don't want to fill it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about the composition there's other things maybe that's another thing is like Mm -hmm. i'm going over the photo side i'm going over you guys like i'm not in a position where i can focus Mm -hmm. and so i do look at and go you figure out the composition you figure out the color and the contrast and all that stuff like i gotta go over there Mm -hmm. i gotta make sure everyone's eating Mm -hmm. you know at lunchtime like yeah so uh, well yeah you you shouldn't be doing (laughs) this
1: we're all agreed james shouldn't be storyboarding okay (laughs) but i like uh Even with storyboarding, I had to go get you guys a a space heater (laughs) because it was fucking cold. That's my favorite part. There is one shot of like, I am in a winter hat and I'm like bundled up and Jimmy has a winter hat. Yeah. He's heating a winter hat with a a heat heat gun. gun I laughed every time I see that shot because I'm like, it was so cold. But
0: I like that because you guys look so just like, you don't look like you're
1: working. Yeah, we were having a good time. Yeah, it
0: looks like you're just like hanging out, like you're about to eat this quesadilla, just just so relaxed. This
1: quesadilla <laughs> full of cheese and glue. Just, yeah. mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: All right, I feel like we've been recording a long time, so you want to uh, take us home wrap have to up? You're the new, you're now the new host of this. This
1: was an unofficial passing of <laughs> passing the torch. Of the torch. Um, so, so you you heard it here, James Dowd is officially dead from podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Long live the new king, Ryan Freeland. Are you uh, are
0: you really gonna take this? I don't know. You just, no, that would be awesome.
1: I, uh, I I wouldn't know. I okay. wouldn't know. You know, honestly, I would say I don't think I would take this. I think I would go somewhere else with a go, like a whole different one. Yeah, I would. I would do a different franchise.
0: Let's do it. I'll produce for you. Okay,
1: we can reboot. Yeah, <laughs> the, I mean, the first episode has to be you and me, then hosting you, and then it ends with me passing the torch back on to you. <laughs> like so uh, i don't like this and here you go <laughs>
0: but no i think i want to bring this podcast back so creative working time so here's the bit <laughs> here's the bit here's the bit i when i did it it was like whoever was whoever was <laughs> close by yeah i didn't have headphones on mm-hmm. so it wasn't i didn't pick people for a reason
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh it was just like oh there's alex he doesn't have his headphones on right now hey mm-hmm. alex you have 15 minutes mm-hmm. that was all it was but then there's some people who didn't get asked to be on it, who have now given me shit for the last year.
1: Yes, I know I'm not supposed to ask Dre onto this uh, yeah. podcast. So that's it.
0: And I'm <laughs> fine with him hearing it, is I'm going to do everyone in, at DS and he's the only one left and then I'm going to start over again <laughs> at the beginning. It's going to be that Matt Damon bit on Jimmy yes. Kimmel where it just, he just never makes a
1: <laughs> He's your Matt Damon. He's my nice. like Matt Damon. <laughs> Fan- well on that note do you ha- do you usually say
0: anything well in the first episodes because i would someone would be sitting there at their desk working mm-hmm. and i would just go hey can can i grab you for comments and pull them in here and then just bombard them with questions and then i'd go
1: okay get back to work
0: <laughs> okay so that was my unofficial closeout cuz i was telling them to go get back to yeah. work
1: yeah okay well i won't do that because <laughs> it's july 4th so just get out of here james you get out of here go home
0: No, I'm the host now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, This was a real fun experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. Smile. (laughs) Smile. They can hear you. Smile, boy.